0: We do this every week. I get up here and uh, I have the Word of God, and uh, we gather and uh, hear about His Scripture, and uh, we sing songs in praise to Him, and uh, sometimes I wonder if we uh, recognize the change that's taking place. My son recently started um, playing guitar, and it's not because, uh, you know, we have pushed him into it, because I've been trying to push him into playing instruments for years. All of my kids play something, and uh, Flint, well, he just, I feel like he's needed to play something to get uh, uh, involved in our family band, but, um, well, he plays it for two and a half minutes, and then that's all, and uh, just two days ago, he picked up the guitar and started playing it, so I'm excited for that on his own accord. And I told him that when you begin to play an instrument, your progress isn't evidence immediately. And sometimes you just have to do the same thing, trying the same chords over and over and over again. And then eventually, maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe longer, you'll notice, hey, there's been a change. I'm growing. I'm learning how to do it. And so here we are again, learning about God's Word, singing His praises. And sometimes um, we feel like uh, no change is happening. But if we look at the fruit of what's happening in our community, what's happening in our lives, I believe we can see the change. Now, uh, before we get started... I want to lift our voices up to God and pray to him. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to do what we do, to honor you, to do what we do, to learn about you, and as we open your word, we ask that you would inspire us by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, our first question is, is, is how are you at waiting, waiting on change to occur, how are you at, at waiting to see results? Do you wait patiently? How about in the line at Walmart? Do you wait patiently there? Or maybe about waiting for your wife or your husband to get in the car to go somewhere. Do you wait for all the food to be placed on the table to, and the blessing to be prayed before you dig into that holiday meal? Or are you sneaking a taste here and there when you can? Maybe your family puts out the hors d'oeuvres, the uh, olive and pickle tray, or the cheese ball with crackers beforehand. And you're filling up on that before the actual meal. It's hard when you can smell all that good food and your mouth is watering and you just want to dig in, but you have to wait until Uncle Jimmy gets there before you start. It's hard to wait. You know, this is nothing waiting to eat a meal. nothing compared to perhaps waiting for a family member who is deployed in the military to come home. I can imagine just hoping that they would be home for Christmas, and then the disappointment felt when they aren't able to make it. I'm sure that it doesn't even feel like Christmas, and you sure don't feel like separating. Or celebrating it's hard to celebrate when all your family is not there this brings to mind proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 hope deferred makes the heart sick but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life hope deferred boy isn't that the truth it makes the heart sick Now, imagine the Israelites having hoped for hundreds of years for the arrival of a Messiah. A Messiah. Here's the definition of Messiah, the promised deliverer of the Jewish nation, prophesied in the Hebrew Bible. A promised deliverer. A promised savior to uh, bring them out of the challenges that they were in, the oppression. The, the Hebrew word uh, translated directly "Messiah" is uh, translated as "chosen one," as the anointed one, the promised one. Now, the why are the Israelites hoping that the Messiah would arrive quickly? Of course, freedom, a blessing. They were promised an inheritance through Abraham, the blessings, and so they wanted the Messiah to come soon. They had been talking about this promise of a Messiah, the promise from God, for hundreds of years, and they had been passing it down by word of mouth and by by scrolls that they would copy, by uh, tradition, passing it down, the promise that would come to them. Abraham was promised that all nations would be blessed through his descendants, but his descendants ended up as slaves in Egypt until Moses delivered them 400 years later. But Moses was not the Messiah. He was only a foreshadow of the one to come. David was promised that his kingdom would last forever, but God wasn't referring to David's earthly kingdom, but rather God's own heavenly kingdom kingdom two generations later the kingdom was split into two and eventually both kingdoms were overthrown and the israelites were conquered by other nations still prophets continued to foretell of a messiah who would come to set them free isaiah chapter 42 verse 1 through 7 Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put, a flickering, can't, can't put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction god the lord created the heavens and stretched them out he created the earth and everything in it he gives breath to everyone life to everyone who walks the earth and it is he who says i the lord have called you to demonstrate my righteousness I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind and you will free the captives from prison releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. A foretold of the Messiah that this scripture tells us about for years but Years pass and still no Messiah. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Prophecy. The people must have thought, maybe this is it. Maybe what Zechariah is saying is going to happen now. But it didn't. And it wasn't it. The leaders of Israel were not powerful or respected by other countries. And they were eventually conquered and suffered under oppression again. But still, the prophets continued to speak of a day when God would fulfill His promise to send a Messiah and God's people would be on top again. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then, silence for over 400 years silence while the Romans rose to power and the Israelites sank into despondency silence hope deferred makes the heart sick the festivals that they once held in joyous expectation seemed to be now just rituals in which they moved through the motions out of duty instead of dedication. Instead of the Psalms of victory and joy, they probably related more to the laments in Psalms chapter 13. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand But there was a man named Simeon who clung in faith to the promises. Simeon. Here's a picture of Simeon. It's not an actual picture. Obviously, they didn't have cameras in Simeon's day. But I love this picture of this man that the Bible tells us about as he is holding the Messiah. Simeon Clinged to the faith that he had in the promise of a Messiah. He believed in the reality of things unseen. God was not silent to Simeon. God gave him a personal promise. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a, li- he is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Simeon. He awaited the Messiah. The same as all the folks in Israel at one point had, just waiting on that deliverance, on that leader, on that Savior who would take them from a difficult, impossible situation in their lives to a higher place, a better place. Simeon had eagerly been waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled his hope was not deferred because of his faith because of his faith he kept watching and waiting the new international version version says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel consolation is is not something in the sky that would be a constellation consolation is when you are consoled the consolation of israel was often used to refer to the messiah because of the words that isaiah wrote which helps us understand what it is isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 and 2 comfort comfort my people says your god speak tenderly to jerusalem tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. The comforting. Saying all the sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Simeon was waiting for this. He was privileged to hold the bundle of comfort and joy in his arms, just as the Lord had promised he would before he died. Now, it's been over 2,000 years since the Messiah was born. God has fulfilled his promise to send the Messiah, the one who is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For those of us who have put our faith in jesus of nazareth we understand the comfort he gives because he has sent us the holy spirit who is the comforter now we need this comfort because even though the messiah has been born we have been redeemed we are still living in this imperfect world jesus completed his mission here on Earth. As the suffering servant prophesied in Isaiah 53, despised and rejected, pierced and crushed for our sins, beaten so we could be whole and whipped so that we could be healed. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11 says, When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience... My righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all of their sins. The Messiah came and Simeon got to hold him. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I have seen salvation. He was holding salvation in his arms, looking at salvation. And then, he was taken back up into heaven after Jesus had lived his life here on earth, accomplished what he had came to do, dying for our sins. He was taken back up. And we were left here amidst the war and disease and politics and pain and suffering When we look around, we see people who mock God and try to suppress the truth about Him and persecute those who put their faith in His Son. We can feel alone, but we have a promise. Jesus promised us that He is coming back again. The prophecies are written, and God's Word always proves true. It has been a long time since Jesus walked the earth, indeed. Longer than 400 years, like the years of silence. But don't let hope slip away. Don't get tired of waiting and decide just to move on with life as though God forgot, or maybe he lied, or maybe he was never real at all. Don't get tired of waiting. Every year... We have an opportunity to renew our hope as we celebrate Christmas. We must remember that... We must remember what we are celebrating. Don't let the enemy distract you with consumerism, with busyness, with all the things that we have in our life, the turmoil and the drama. There were many uh, people that first Christmas who missed the miracle they were busy traveling because of the decree of Caesar that told them to go back home. And they were stressed about how to come up with the extra money that they had to pay for the taxes. And they were probably uh, angry at the Roman government. So the crowds, the noise, the rush, the disappointment, that all their hopes and dreams probably seemed like nothing more than fairy tales. While others around him were heartsick, and some had given up hope, Simeon experienced comfort and joy. He had hope. So how can we maintain Simeon's hope in our lives so that we too can eagerly wait for the Messiah to appear? The Advent season, which would be this time period now, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the Advent season is all about waiting. Now, I don't like to wait. Most of us don't like to wait. We don't like the word, what the word wait means. It seems to mean that we just do nothing and hold on until something happens. But that's not the case at all. Waiting is not just ceasing and doing nothing. And waiting for something to happen. We see from the life of Simeon uh, at least four good points on how we can maintain hope while we wait for the Messiah to appear. The first point from Simeon is that he was devout. The scripture says that Simeon was a devout man, he was dedicated, he kept God's word, he continued to live by God's commands. Simeon wasn't influenced by instant gratification or by a lack of instant gratification. And he didn't try to bargain with God using if-then tactics. If you send the Messiah, then I will worship you. Um, if you do this, if you, then I will worship you. If you send the Messiah, then I will live according to your way. Then I will tell others of your goodness. No, no. Simeon was devout. He was dedicated. He walked by faith and not by sight. He lived as though God was on the throne and in control. He lived knowing every day that he, that God was working, he was working out his plan, even though the circumstances surrounding him appeared otherwise. Simeon was dedicated to God's will he was devout second thing we learn from Simeon is that he was connected he was connected to God he stayed in contact with God through the Holy Spirit Simeon prayed and probably continually pray continually we are told to do that how do we know that Simeon was connected to God well he received a revelation a promise that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And I wonder if Simeon thought, Boy, how old am I going to get? Because he was going to be alive until the Messiah came. He was an old man then, probably. Then uh, the 400 years between the last prophet, Malachi, and the birth of Jesus... Had been called the Silent Years. There was, since then, there was no national prophet or record uh, in Scripture of anyone speaking of the Messiah. But that doesn't mean that God was completely silent. You ever get tired of telling your kids the same thing over and over again until you finally stop talking, or you warn them? Uh, maybe time and time again about a consequence. Um, like, if you keep doing that, you're going to get hurt. But they continue to do it. And so finally, you just decide okay, let him get hurt. I experienced this with my, my grandson this past Thanksgiving. He would climb up on the, the, the coffee table, and his parents would tell him no. And he would get down and they'd pull him away. And he would continue to do it until I watched his parents finally get tired of telling him no. This is a stopped, and Pompey fell off the coffee table. And I hope he learned his lesson. Sometimes we just get tired. You know, Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13 says Since they refused to listen when I called them, I would not listen when they called to me says the Lord of heaven's armies. It seems that same thing happened to Israel. God was like, oh, okay, fine. God said had said all he needed to say to the nation of Israel. But you know, there were still people who heard his still, small voice. A lot of times we think, boy, when God speaks to me, I will know it. If God's going to tell me something, then I will hear his voice because it's God speaking. It will be like thunder or it will be a smack and I'll just absolutely know what God is telling me. But the scripture says sometimes he speaks to us in that still, small voice. I think that's what we see with Simeon knowing what God was telling him in a time when no one else seemed to be hearing from God. God told Jeremiah, this was before the 400 years of silence, He told Jeremiah, ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Ask me. I believe Simeon was asking God. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17 says, Those who search will surely find me. Search for the Lord. Hey, Simeon didn't give up on God's word, but he watched for God to perform it day and, day and night. He was looking and searching for God. and Even though God was not speaking to the crowds, he revealed himself and his plans on a personal level to Simeon. Simeon was connected to God, and so should we be. That will help us to wait with confident expectation. That will give us hope. And the third thing that uh, Simeon's life, as recorded in the scripture, shows us is that he responded to God. He responded when the Holy Spirit prompted him to go to the temple on a specific day. If he would have put it off until the next day, he would have missed what he had been waiting and praying for. God acts in his timing, not ours. When he says to go, it's our responsibility to move. So in order to wait well, we can't get lazy while we wait. Don't get absorbed in an episode of life and wait for a commercial break to find out what the Lord wants you to witness. Don't get caught up on whatever hobby, drama, or project you have going on to the point that you put God off. If you do, you'll miss when He is trying to lead you to experience the very thing your heart has been longing for. When Simeon followed the Holy Spirit to the temple, he probably didn't know why he was being led there. But uh, the verse 28 in that chapter of Luke says, Simeon was there. He was there because God had called him there. He was at the right place at the right time because he followed the Spirit. He not only got to see the Lord's Messiah, but he got to hold him in his arms. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us keep in step with the Spirit so that our lives can be fruitful. The fourth thing that uh, Simeon's life shows to us is that he testified he shared it with others he gave praise to god so that everyone could hear confirming that god keeps his promises he understood that the baby that he held in his hands was more than just a military conqueror for the jews Simeon testified that Jesus is salvation for all people, a light to reveal God to all nations as well as the consolation of Israel. Simeon proclaimed the tidings of comfort and joy because he was experiencing the reward of faith, the reality of what what he had hoped for for many years. Maybe you've experienced the promise of God in your life. Maybe you've experienced healing or joy and comfort because of Jesus. Now, don't keep that to yourself. You don't want that feeling to be just for you. The Lord has designed it for all of us, for salvation to come to everyone who calls upon His name. Now, not everyone is going to call upon His name, but for them to do that, they need to know that that's what they should do. That's what the Lord wants them to do. Simeon testified. He shared it. In, in Hebrew, the word uh, hope is often translated wait in confident expectation. Wait in confident expectation. It can be hard to wait, especially when we don't have a specific time frame in which a certain expectation will be met. We are told, soon, soon the Messiah will come. But soon turns into a while. And a while turns into what seems like forever. And that feels like never. Don't lose hope. Romans chapter 5. Verses 4 and 6, 4 through 6 says, And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us His Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. God fulfills His promises at just the right time. God's not slow, Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. There's this story of uh, uh, during the one of the wars when the military servicemen are. Um, out on a ship, and it, it comes Christmas time, and I think it's the time during World War Two. It's Christmas time, and um, it turns out they're not going to get back home to see their families. And so um, they uh, contact the Macy's department store. Uh, one of the soldiers, or I think the chaplain does there. And uh, the Macy's department store um, accepts the money from the soldiers who are out uh, at war and uses that money to purchase their uh families gifts back home. And it it was a really neat story to read about uh because you know the families were unfortunately they they wanted their uh their men home for the holiday but they were really surprised to get gifts um from their their husbands and their brothers and their sons. There's really a, a, a pretty cool story. You know, sometimes we think, man, it would be just so good for Jesus to come back right now, to come back and just uh, fix everything, all the wickedness, all the evilness. And we wake up tomorrow and it hasn't happened. Jesus hasn't come back yet. But the scripture tells us that we have the Holy Spirit. And though having the Holy Spirit here on this earth is not as good as being in heaven, as having Jesus wipe away every single tear, like the families, it wasn't the best thing to not have their, their family at home with them all together. But they received gifts. We received a gift of the Holy Spirit to make it possible for us to survive spiritually through this life of imperfection and of evil and of trials and temptations. We have the Holy Spirit. So as we await the arrival of Jesus to fulfill the rest of the promises a new heaven and a new earth where there is no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. Hey, let's wait like Simeon, with expectant hope, with an active hope. Let's remain devout, devoted to living a godly life. And let's be connected to God, praying and listening as He reveals Himself and His presence to us. And let's respond to the Holy Spirit when He nudges you. Do something about it. When He puts something into your mind, let go of your schedule and your plans so that you can be at the right place at the right time when the Holy Spirit is leading you. And testify. Share it with the others that you're around. Express your comfort and joy in Jesus as we've begun this uh, Lent series that will take four weeks, leading up to when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, do not forget that the invitation of Jesus is to come to him and to lay all of your worries and concerns and cares upon him. All of the stresses of this time of the year do not compare to the comfort and joy that we have in Jesus. Don't let them distract you from Him. If you haven't already given your life to Jesus, then there's no better time to do it than right now in this time leading up to when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. If you've got something troubling you, something on your heart that is just pulling you down, making you heavy, preventing you from seeing the comfort and joy of Jesus, then... Give it up. Let it go. Let me pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I bow before you, lifting you up, honoring you, God, knowing, Lord Jesus, that it is because of you that we can be free of our sin, that we can have new lives built upon hope, And that we can wait, God, in expectation. Knowing that uh, we are in your hands, God. Knowing that you're coming back again someday and we don't know when. But when you do, everything will be made right and everything will be made good. Lord, you've told us that we are citizens of heaven, that we don't belong here. That we put our faith in you. Put our hope in you, Jesus. Thank you.